0: Lightyear expands the Toy Story franchise into a science fiction adventure starring the iconic Space Ranger, introduced in the 1995 film. The premise is intriguing, this film is the one that Andy saw that made him want a Buzz Lightyear action figure for his birthday. But does Pixar's newest release work as a standalone feature? Let's find out. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara.
1: Greetings citizens.
0: This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together and talk about a movie we've watched that is really that simple. Possibly we give some insight, maybe, maybe a few jokes along the way. Good jokes. Oh, don't promise that. Bad jokes. Okay. Bad jokes it is. Today we're going to talk about Late Year which is the kind of spin-off to the Toy Story franchise. Uh, so, the kind of, it's the fifth movie in the Toy Story universe, if you want to call it that. Oh, well, technically it's not in the universe per se. It's, it's a piece of fiction that exists within the Toy Story universe. Uh, so, we'll get into it. But yeah, so it's a movie about the actual Buzz Lightyear, uh, who's not a real person in Toy Story, but he is a movie character in Toy Story. <laughs> That's what the toy's based on. And that's what the premise of this movie is, is this is the movie that Andy from Toy Story saw when he was a kid that made him want a Buzz Lightyear. Which it's convoluted to explain, I actually don't think it's a stupid idea. Uh, mm. when, you, when you actually stop and just think about the simplicity of it. Um, but we'll get into all that. We'll start spoiler free as we always do. Uh, Buzz Lightyear, of course, from Toy Story is, you know, presented as this astronaut, this action hero. He's got the wings, he's got the laser blaster, all that stuff um this movie he starts with some of those things maybe get some of them later on uh but i i genuinely didn't know what the premise outside of it being him what the pre- what the story of this movie was going to be i i, like, I knew nothing and i'd sort of seen the trailer at some point but i don't even think the trailer either told me or i'd forgotten everything that was in the trailer <laughs> so I went into this fairly blind, and there was a bit of a, a discovery of what the, the movie actually is beyond just the, the broad concept of it's the Buzz Lightyear fictional movie from Toy Story. So okay, that's that's where we go. Uh, So yes. I guess I'll just ask the question, Well, there's no reason I didn't delete it. Actually, actually before I ask the question, I'll say this, what, what were your thoughts when this was like announced or you heard about it via the trailer or the casting, whatever it was?
1: I think I had heard that, okay, it was going to be a movie based on the actual Buzz Lightyear in the Toy Story universe. So I was thinking that Buzz Lightyear was a real astronaut or something in the, the universe that Toy Story existed in. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Um, so I had a hard time like wrapping my brain around it. Um, I was surprised that it wasn't going to be Tim Allen. Um, i remember that being interesting and being i was surprised that it was chris evans but i will say when the trailer came out like it looked great like i loved the the trailer a lot the first trailer i thought was incredible and you know i've been going to the movies a lot more this past year and i feel like it's been playing every single time i went to the theater so i was still i'm still hyped up for it when it was all the way up to the release
0: yeah, I wasn't sure how you feel about it. this as an idea. And I hadn't seen Toy Story 4 yet. I actually did watch Toy Story 4 like, the day before I saw this. Just to, not not that it was going to matter, not that it was going to be references because of the way the premise worked, but I just, I felt, on principle, I should be caught up at <laughs> Toy Story yeah. <laughs> before I see Lightyear. And, um, uh, yeah, it, it's such a weird idea that, in on the one hand, I can look at it cynically and say, oh, you want to find another way to milk one sort of your your biggest Pixar cash cow, which is Toy Story. And in that level, I'm kind of like, okay, at least it's something different. It's, like, it's, you know, it's a bit of a, a weirder, wackier idea to do it with as opposed to just doing some sort of Toy Story 5 or, uh, you know, whatever that could be after Toy Story 4. But, yeah. yeah, it's it's very odd. But, I mean, I will say that, you know, before, before we finally just ask the basic, you know, did we like it question in a second, I will say this, you know, going in, There was a lot of lukewarm to negative buzz. No no pun intended. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, the the Rotten Tomato score is not super high. The IMDb average rating is like a 5.1. Like, you know, it's not, like, firing off. And admittedly, the IMDb rating might be less a genuine good faith. Like, people are just rating the movie and how they feel and maybe an angry or sick to the world or upset that there's a gay character in a Pixar movie and that you have to kind of account for that bullshit. But, it, it you know, it, it, it underperformed at the box office relative to, you know, past toy stories and Pixar movies and things like that. It, You know, it came in at number two in the US. I noticed in the UK it came in at number three uh, under both Maverick and Jurassic World.
1: Yeah, Top Gun's still, still doing it,
0: huh? Yeah. Uh, in fact, Top Gun, I believe, is the only the fourth movie in history to make over, was it 40 or 50 million domestic in its fourth weekend? But it was, you know, it was like, you know, I think the first to do it was Avatar by quite a margin.
1: (laughs) I I think that's interesting because I can't imagine it Top Gun Maverick, it's such an American film, I can't imagine doing great outside of the US, but it is quite a spectacle to watch, so maybe people are just going for that. Because Tom Cruise, I'm sure, brings in tickets even outside the u.s too
0: yeah i've not seen uh, maverick yet but i i will say this like there's there's a thing that plays uh i'm sure you have an equivalent but uh there's a thing that plays uh, my theater chain specifically where it says uh, it's like they'll do like a fluff piece in the middle where it's sponsored by a brand of something but they'll do like red carpet interviews and it's basically instead of being like a trailer it's like more of a snippets of a trailer with some like you know fluff interviews with the cast and director or whatever for a movie Mm -hmm. and the thing that we're hyping up when the maverick one plays was just how like they did a lot of filming with real jets or some real stunt work despite the fact that you'd assume it would be all cg and i do have to wonder that if, if we're finally at a point that where people are so used to and perhaps sick of cgi in movies especially when a lot of the biggest movies are sort of like kind of half-assing it uh, looking at you marvel um i wonder if the appeal of just like you know, no, Tom Cruise is in movies where he does stunts, and there's like stuntmen doing extreme, crazy <laughs> things. I wonder if that's part of the, the spectacle of it, but regardless. Uh, yes, so Lightyear, I mean, it hasn't bombed dramatically, but it's definitely relatively, you know, kind of been iffy. I
1: was upset when I saw the ratings going in because I was kind of hyped for this one.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think the other theory you could also throw out there, just in terms of Pixar, is that the last couple of Pixar movies went straight to Disney Plus, and there's a possibility that a lot of people are like, "Oh, you've trained me now to expect Pixar for free," f- f- effectively on Disney oh, Plus. interesting!
1: I never considered that. Yeah, because
0: Turning Red went straight to Disney Plus. Uh, was it Luca? So went Luca Went to Disney did, Plus. Yeah. I think Soul might have went to Disney Plus as well. That the, yeah. yeah,
1: that's true. That so, happened, and I guess uh, well, it was Onward Pixar. That came out in theaters, but that happened that like was right, right before the pandemic. That was so. right before
0: the pandemic. That was, like, right before everything shut, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah,
1: I just remember when the pandemic hit, like, we had onward billboards for, yeah. like, a year and a half.
0: <laughs> so, I I do wonder if that's also another reason for it, is that enough of the... No, still, it made some money. It's not get like it didn't make anything, but just enough of the audience have been con- mm-hmm. conditioned... And let's face it, some people have still not went back to movies, right? Some people got used to maybe they've, they've also got you know their immune kids. compromised
1: or so, whatever maybe kids movies are harder to do in theaters since so much is being offered on disney plus
0: yeah yeah there's a lot of reasons to to why maybe enough people said no nah, that's a disney plus movie so even if i have to wait two extra months that's fine i'll wait two extra months and we'll get it on disney plus and you know all those things compound and then you've, you've got a, a lukewarm opening so Uh, It it was a bit of a weird atmosphere going into this, because usually with Pixar, like, I'm not necessarily one that gets super excited easily for animated movies, but Pixar tends to have enough, like, oh, this is excellent, like, everyone's praising it, but this wasn't being praised by everyone, this was, you know, like I say, it was middling, it was lukewarm, so... Uh, I was very curious to see what it was going to be. So I'll ask the question, Tara. <laughs> uh, I, I guess try and keep away from the plot, because the plot's actually really weird and different from what I expected. So uh, we'll get totally. into that probably more in spoilers. but uh, So just generally, how did you feel about Lightyear?
1: Well, I mean, I, I'll i say that it's a lot more adult than I was expecting. The themes are like, um, it's, which I guess I should expect from Pixar by now. But... Um, I could see this not being a great hit for the kids uh, while watching it, but I really enjoyed it and I thought it was a really fun science fiction film with a cool concept and um, it reminded me of a kind of a lot of sci-fi films that we've watched in recent years. And, you know, the, the characters are fun, they're actors that I enjoy, and uh, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. And, you know, to respond to something you said earlier about, like, they're trying to milk the cash cow. If you have opened the Disney Plus app, they've been milking the that cow for a while, the Toy Story one, because there are animated shorts oh, yeah. and TV shows and uh, stuff like that. And I one mean, of them, I, I believe, is the Buzz Lightyear animated show.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just a problem I have with Disney as a whole. Like, everything that they've got, they're milking, like consistently so yeah. you yeah know. i
1: mean even before the disney plus app there have been you know um other movies that they've released on blu-ray and stuff like a halloween special and things like that from toy story and um yeah there have been animated shows including a buzz lightyear one where uh where i always imagine that was andy's like way into buzz lightyear was the t was the cartoon show mm-hmm. that was also sort of part of that world but i kind of like the idea of having a more mature um was Lightyear movie that Andy went and saw in the 90s and then like kind of like a, not quite like Robocop level but still a gets <laughs> like I'm attached to this thing that's clearly for adults oh no it's um, definitely not Robocop no, am uh, getting the toys and I'm, getting all the spin-off shows and I'm cartoons I'm
0: just <laughs> get it out here now Lightyear is not on the same level as maturity as Robocop I just wanted to put that out there yeah, for everyone yeah every
1: <laughs> I kind of already said that but like yeah
0: <laughs> like there's no, there's no like snorting coke off a of hooker or, or anything like that yeah but like
1: when you're a kid you're like whatever get to the robot parts right so <laughs> Um, but anyway, I did actually enjoy this movie quite a bit. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I don't think it's as good as any of the Toy Story movies, um, but it's still, like, a def- it's not worth... The- it's not as bad as, like, all the critics are saying. Or-, or the reviews, I should say. Yeah, I I thought the movie's fine.
0: Uh, which, you know, it's, I think it's... Like, it's not great. It's, it's definitely not bad i'd say it's more than just okay but not any more than fine which is i, I guess to say that it feels like an amalgamation of a lot of sci-fi movies and tropes and there's some weird choices made with the plot some of it does feel oddly mature for like a, a kid's aim movie but but i'm not a kid so that doesn't really matter to me that much i don't really care that you know too much about that specifically uh that's more just an objective like discussion point than it is anything that actually affects my enjoyment uh, I, I think for me it's just like I, I I think when I got to the end of the movie the, the premise of this being this is the movie that Andy saw that made him want a Buzz Lightyear I kind of you know I sat and thought I don't know if I buy it I don't know if the, this movie was good enough to make Andy <laughs> obsessed with Buzz Lightyear
1: I think it would have been like he probably would have brought a socks home with him maybe not a Buzz Lightyear doll (laughs)
0: um it's 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 kind of odd because like you expect it to be this uh space opera with Buzz Lightyear at the center of it and it actually is all centered on one planet uh Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a realization like in the first like 15-20 minutes where you're like wait I think this is never like I think this whole movie is going to be here like we're never going to leave here this is going to be all based here um and there was actually something you said to me after you saw it before I did which is there's a lot of the lost in space movie in this and i was like that's not a good sign what does she mean by that and sure enough like we'll get into it in spoilers but yeah there's a lot of the lost in space movie from 1998 in this
1: yeah i mean i don't think i've seen that movie since like early 2000s but like once i watched this film i'm like wait a second i've seen this before (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah it's kind of, there's a lot of wild swings uh in it which i kind of appreciate in some ways but at the same time it also feels a lot more it feels a lot more i don't want to use the word generic because i think generic's too harsh but when you think of toy story right and even with toy story 4 which i just watched before i watched this it felt like they were somehow finding ways to say really interesting things with this absurd premise of toys that come to life when you're not looking mm-hmm. and Every single Toy Story movie has done that, you know, dealing with loss, dealing with moving on, dealing with, uh, you know, whatever, right? Whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single one has done that, whereas it kind of felt like with this, it's kind of the problem I have with a lot of big franchise stuff that gets made now, is that someone says, this is a great idea, this dude, do this Buzz Lightyear movie that's, you know, the movie that Andy saw. And I'm like, okay, that's a cool idea. But then I watched the movie and... That's not to say that there's no messaging in here, it's not to say that they don't try to do something interesting with, like, Buzzy's character arc, as they do, but it feels a lot more just... like, typical, in a lot of ways. Yeah, this doesn't necessarily feel like Pixar made this, I know they did, and I know, obviously, it's about, you know, Pixar created Buzz Lightyear and everything, but... It doesn't really feel like a Pixar movie to me, it feels like just... like a DreamWorks movie, and no shade to DreamWorks, okay? (laughs) I don't don't mean that in a, a backhanded way but it doesn't necessarily feel like it has that like i I think turning red was a better movie than this and oh yeah that's a perfect
1: film <laughs> and, and, and
0: turning red like it felt like it was doing so much like there was there were so many layers to the analogies that it was forming throughout its its uh its story and what it was doing with puberty and what the red panda represented and all the, the payoff to everything at the end of that movie really capitalized, and they feel like the character really went through this coming of age story. Um, so much of this, because Buzz starts off kind of like, you know, he's already Buzz Lightyear, he's already a space ranger, and you we know, have to start in this kind of place where they have to kind of set up his problems, and like what he has to learn and what he's going through, and then the plot is actually quite complicated, <laughs> to get to the point where we, where he's ultimately learning these lessons, and accepting Mm -hmm. certain things, it you know, it's like, there's some noble ideas in there, but ultimately, it does kind of feel a little bit... It does, it feels a little like, by the end of the movie, I was sort of thinking to myself, that was perfectly fine, but I really don't feel like it ever kind of said, this is, you know, this is why this had to exist, because someone had this great idea for a story to tell through Buzz Lightyear, and what he represents, or... Or anything like that. It you know, whereas because I was worried Toy Story four was going to feel that because I thought Toy Story three had the perfect ending, and it and in many ways I still think it did. But Toy Story four managed to t- tell us a story that felt unique to the characters, and it felt like it made sense after um, what all the other films went through. Um, so lo and behold, it became a quadrilogy, not a trilogy, and that's fine. Um,
1: and we got Forky key,
0: and four great. key. And
1: do okay. kaboom.
0: Oh, okay, yes. Uh, you know, you bet I, Canada, or whatever it was he said. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Dookie Boom <laughs> was all right. Honestly, though, uh, Creepy Gabby and the, the, the dolls, that was mm-hmm. that was more my thing. A bit of a horror movie for a minute in the middle of it, and I, I was kind of into that. But anyway, um, so, yeah, it's kinda, it kind of feels like, uh, I don't know. It does feel like a sort of standalone spin off that might never go anywhere. And it doesn't, that it has to go somewhere, but it feels like a standalone spin off in the same way. And I never saw this, but it, it, I kind of feel the same about this after seeing it as I did about when I saw trailers for Solo, you know, the Star Wars movie, where I just kind of feel like, oh, this exists because they want to make more of this. And I, I, but I don't really see the point of it. Um, and, you know, I got to the end of this and it certainly wasn't bad, but I still kind of feel like it was ultimately a bit pointless.
1: Do you think they um, sort of followed the trend of, you know, the, the messages of the films as, you know, they came out later and later and the, the fans got older and older? Mm. You know, uh, do you think they're still kind of following that trend where it doesn't feel like a movie that young Andy in 1995 would watch? It feels like maybe Father Andy would watch in, in you know, 2022. 2020- one whatever year we're in
0: (laughs) 2022 doesn't matter of fact
1: i never have to write the date down anymore so i don't know (laughs) how does time work
0: (laughs) yeah i i think it doesn't really succeed at being either is, is the weird thing like i i think if if the if we're going to keep taking the the lessons that are learned about growing up and moving on and all the things that toy story have done really effectively like I don't necessarily think this feels at like the next stage of that that story or that like type of thought process, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I don't think it feels like the movie that Andy saw when he was five either, or whatever age it was in Toy Story, um, mm-hmm. because I can't believe I'm going to say this, but effectively what I what you kind of expect is like this was Andy Star Wars, so you're expecting more of a uh, of a you know planet trotting type of space adventure kind of thing. And instead, you get Lost in Space, nineteen (laughs) ninety
1: eight. You do get Lost in Space, which I liked when it came out, except for the monkey. I hated that monkey.
0: I mean, the other sort of complaint I would maybe alleviate is I do think some of the comedy doesn't work. Uh, There's definitely a few, there's a few moments, and they're very similar moments actually, where the joke is kind of playing out, and characters are like waiting for someone to like, because like, you know, for example, there's a moment where Buzz is like sort of effectively not getting something and he keeps monologuing and he he just won't listen to the other character and it's meant to be funny and he just keeps going on and i just kind of thought it was annoying uh and similarly later on there's like another moment where there's a character who keeps like there's like a robot who keeps getting something wrong and keeps starting from the start again and all the characters are just waiting for it to to get right and again i just thought this isn't funny i'm just annoyed okay but like all
1: this stuff with socks was great Socks was
0: mostly funny Socks was mostly good Socks <laughs> is a robot cat that he gets for anyone who's uh, curious um, It interesting actually both This and Toy Story 4 had prominent cat uh, inclusion They know what the people want Yeah it's Pixar has to say that cats are better than dogs and I'm okay with it mm-hmm.
1: But red <laughs> pandas are like
0: even higher <laughs> Well they're more mythical and you know
1: <laughs> Have you seen a red panda? They sleep on trees with like their limbs on either side great <laughs> when they get spooked they go like this
0: <laughs> so i yeah um I, I don't want to sound too harsh because i think it's perfectly watchable and there's definitely some some fun sequences and, and fun moments i i will say just from a technology point of view it definitely does feel like now like when you, you watch a pixar movie like the cinematography is basically just the same cinematography you get in a regular movie because now they yeah. like now they just know how to do all of it in in the you know in the digital world, if you will.
1: Did you see the Good Dinosaur?
0: No, I haven't seen that.
1: Okay, although like the characters look really cartoonish, but the whole uh, world just looks like it's filmed. It looks like a Roger Rabbit style because <laughs> it's just so realistic, and that's kind of where I'm like, oh, we're just we're just there now. That's <laughs> you can't tell the difference at all.
0: Mm. It's just Um, just things, the way it's, like, edited and being cut around. Because I think if you go back to original Toy Story, which is obviously a great movie, uh, you could, you know, that's 1995 CG animation versus 2022 CG animation. You definitely notice just a lot of little tricks that are used in regular live-action movies are now implemented as techniques in digital films, even though they have to artificially create it because it's all made you know of nothing so but it's just it's yeah. interesting to see them some do things like that like you know having something like a a lens flare where someone's kind of like in silhouette until they walk in front of the sun and then you can finally see their face Like that's like buzzy's first like shot effectively and it's like oh that's actually quite impressive on a technology level that you can just do that now uh, as yeah. opposed to something that's a bit more simplistic but uh, so from a technology point of view obviously it's up there at the highest possible tier because it's pixar and
1: also because this movie takes or supposedly came out in 1995 we get buttons and switches and all the fun kind of uh machines and robots in the future i like that
0: yeah i almost wish there was like more 1995-ness about it but i don't know how you do it given that it's meant to be a fictional space movie that came out in 1995. do you
1: want it to look like the animation style of, of 1995 <laughs> where everything's just too smooth
0: Nah, nah, I don't want that. Because yeah. it's meant to be a movie in 1995, so it can be slicker. Right. <laughs> but I don't yeah. know. Like, what, what if, I don't know how you do this in digital, limited, but what if you do something where it's like, it looks like a matte painting?
1: Mm.
0: You know? some of that. Yeah, you know, like, so you can see, they like. Need,
1: they need uh, Stephen Kostansky, who did the psycho <laughs> Gorman, to, to direct a film. Oh,
0: for oh, Disney, <laughs> or like it's, it's nineteen ninety five and CGI in nineteen ninety five and movies was terrible. What if they had like a really intentionally really bad CG thing because it would be CG in the movie? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. I would have loved that. Just one of the aliens is just super yeah, choppy. It just
0: looks like shit. <laughs>
1: it looks. It's just yeah. It's just too smooth. The no texture on the fur.
0: <laughs> admittedly, I don't know if this works in a CG film. I, I think it maybe, if you did this live action, you could probably do all these jokes and it would make sense. I think mm-hmm. it would be funny to us because we're nerds and we <laughs> we would be getting the joke. I, don't I definitely know if would it, have loved
1: that, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, if Socks was like, looked like an actual robot instead of something that worked <laughs> too well. <laughs> like, there's a puppet in this film.
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Yeah. D- yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah um yeah. yeah you're right they could have played up in 1995 a little bit more uh i just want one more thing like uh another movie this really reminds me of is another pixar film but it kinda, the message kind of reminds me of soul which wasn't that long ago and i thought that was kind of oh, interesting sure. i mean it is a bit different but it's still kind of i think that also makes it a bit more of a adult film
0: yeah um, i was it, also getting like a little bit of uh a little bit of up in the opening, like 20 minutes. Like, you know, there's like a sort of, like, sequence that plays out. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was getting some up vibes. Like, they were going for the sad of, like, oh, this is all happening and people are getting
1: older and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I could see that. There's a, a much different reason for it, though, that I think. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, you don't think about it right away. But when you, yeah, if you're just looking at it holistically, um, the, yeah, and I guess you're right. There is a bit of a time sequence going on. Not as yeah. sad though. I don't think I felt sad once in this film, <laughs> which I always expect in a Pixar film. No,
0: I, I, I think that's maybe a, a, an indication that it doesn't just hit you in the same way that their best stuff does. Uh, and I think just the, the, the choice of what the plot is for this movie just it does strike me as a bit weird. maybe this goes back to my. If this is the movie Andy saw in 1995, it, sh- it should be kind of like the end universe Star Wars or... Mm-hmm. I mean, 1995, that's the year the Power Rangers movie came out. That should be his Power Rangers, right? Because that's what I was into in 1995, you know? like. Yeah. That should be what it feels like. And instead, it's kind of... Yeah. It, feel- it feels more like the plot of... I mean, obviously, it's got a lot of things directly that we can compare to Lost in Space, 1998. I wouldn't say it actually feels like that in terms of what it's trying to do tonally. It's more... <sighs> I'm not saying it actually is cerebral, but I feel like it's it's mimicking science fiction films that are more cerebral. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, because, there, you know, there's some reveals and stuff later on that are kind of wild and uh, present some interesting ideas, uh, but, it, you know, uh, like, uh, there's good things in it. There absolutely is. But ultimately... Oh, it, I would
1: say, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, but ultimately, I just think it it just—it feels a little bit superfluous. Is that...? uh, Maybe that sounds harsh, but I think that's the word that I come back to, even though there's clearly talent there, there's clearly quality in the movie, but it feels a bit superfluous.
1: I do like that we got, you know, a science fiction Pixar film, though, that we get something Mm -hmm. set in space, something that looks kind of classic-y, and it's not too... It's not too overplotty like a lot of new science fiction movies can be. It feels it is very like grounded in a way for, you know, a Space Ranger film. But um, I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of grateful that it exists in a way because I like to see what. All right. Pixar wants to make a sci-fi movie. Let's see what we get. And it's not like it's not a bad film at all. Um, I think people are disappointed that it's not. It's not up. It's not turning red. It's not like uh, the thing that makes you cry or, you know, laugh a whole lot. But yeah, it is not. Gonna, it's not going to be my favorite in the list of uh, the hierarchy of Pixar films. It's, it's definitely going to be above Cars and Planes, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's probably a little bit better than Brave. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh... It's not going to be up there with the rest of the Toy Story franchise, but thats I think that's okay. I think it is still a pretty cool film. And I don't know, a lot of the kids that were in the theater when I watched it seemed a bit bored, but maybe there's some kid out there who's just like, this is the movie I needed. There was one
0: kid at my showing and he was getting up and walking around a lot, so I don't think it was holding his attention very much
1: yeah i had a kid next to me his mother apologized like three times before i even sat down She's like it's his first movie and he was dressed up as buzz lightyear and he was just all over he was running around <laughs> couldn't stay still oh dear
0: uh yeah what was funny actually is uh i noticed the name of the director and this was angus mclean and i thought god that is the most scottish sounding name I've Angus McLean. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he's American. I looked him up. He's American. But Angus McLean is like so Scottish as a name.
1: Is he uh, known for anything else?
0: Uh, he's worked at Pixar for a while. I, I don't know if he's done like, oh, like, I can't even find out exactly, but
1: maybe it's like, um, he's, he's uh, G.
0: He's mostly credited in the animation department for a lot of other Pixar movies. Mm. Uh, as far as actual directing credits, he is the co director of Finding Dory and oh, he directed okay. three shorts so he's not done much in the director's role but he's done a lot just working at pixar
1: did you see finding dory
0: i haven't actually no
1: i think on my hierarchy it's probably maybe a little bit better than finding dory to me because finding dory wasn't a bad movie at all and had you a nice message hmm?
0: you mean finding nemo
1: i mean finding dory
0: oh you mean Lightyear's better than finding dory sorry
1: yeah okay Oh, Nemo is like up at the top somewhere. It <laughs> was fantastic.
0: Finding Dory came out at a time when I was like kind of just not keeping up with Pixar. There, there was a point; I, yeah. it was probably just after not long after Toy Story three, where it kind of felt like, oh, they're doing a lot of sequels now. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna, I just kind of stopped rushing to them as much as I was for the twenty or for the two thousands, I should say. Yeah, Uh twenty yeah. tens was a little bit more held back. I've seen, I've, I've seen a lot of the ones that people have recommended by now. Not all of them. I haven't seen Luca. But I did see... Soul. I did see Turning Red. I did see, um... Uh... What was that one? The... The, uh, the Day of the Dead one.
1: Oh, Coco. Coco, That's yeah, one.
0: That's one. So I saw Coco. Uh, that one with the tears. Yeah. I didn't see it at the time, but I saw it, you know, I think it was the last year I saw it? Maybe two years ago? But, like, you know, so they still make good stuff, but they, they definitely have... Like, the golden era of Pixar, to me, really is, like, the... You know, from from the start to like the to twenty ten. I think Toy Story one through Toy Story three, like outside of the Cars movies, right? Just ignore the, ignore them.
1: Well, bugs I, Life.
0: I don't remember not liking that. I, don't, I haven't seen it since I was like ten yeah. or eleven. But Bugs Life uh, is good. Uh, but if I remember correctly, it's just Seven Samurai with bugs. That's right. So, I can't I can't be mad at that on principle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But,
0: you know they had so you know they had so much in their Ratatouille, uh, Up, Wally, you know so much stuff. Incredibles in that period, it was just you know it Brave. was more. No, wasn't Brave a lot, Brave was. Brave, I think Brave was after Toy Story three.
1: Yeah, that was like, like uh, well, like twenty eleven or something, twenty twelve.
0: Yeah, so exactly, the golden era ended with Toy Story three. <laughs>
1: I, yeah, they must have been re- next to each other. Like, one right after the other, I'm not sure.
0: Mm. So, because there was is that weird thing at the Oscars that year where Pixar just tends to win by default, but it was the first time where it felt like their movie probably shouldn't have won with Brave.
1: Mm. I don't remember. So. I still don't think that anybody comes close to Pixar. <laughs> Maybe other than, like, Disney. But they're the same now, anyway.
0: But I mean, they've owned Pixar for like 20 years at this point
1: yeah it's just I, you know my sister works for dreamworks and she loves DreamWorks films and i get to see them sometimes with like her employee screening and stuff they're not good <laughs> well except how to train your dragon trilogy i don't like them no they're great i don't like those movies either how to you train your dragon they're weird voice casting it's it's not good I you think, just like it because it's a kitty cat no, no. disguised as a dragon.
0: How to Train Your Dragon, particularly 1 and 2, are up there with the best of Pixar. I will fight this. I will stand my ground and fight this. They don't
1: even come close.
0: <laughs> I will stand my ground. I, I'm sure
1: there are a lot of people who are on your side. I put on
0: close. How to Train Your Dragon the first time I saw it as background noise because I just wanted something on. And after about 20 or so minutes i had stopped mm-hmm. what i was doing i had turned off the lights and i was paying attention like oh. it, it grabbed <laughs> put me put that on the poster <laughs> it grabbed my attention it, it it clawed it when i was not ready to give it that much of a chance and then two it was yeah. a great theory experience so no i i will stick up for to your dragon i'm not <laughs> the rest of DreamWorks. You can throw under the bus like you know like grew in these minions you, you know you can
1: yeah is that that's illumination
0: oh is that not dreamworks sorry yeah I just kinda, I'll be honest I, I throw all the animation I don't care about under the dreamworks bus if I'm <laughs> honest
1: <laughs> yeah I was never a Shrek fan I just think those, those movies are terrible <laughs> yeah oh. I know you hate them because you don't like Mike Myers because he insults your culture
0: <laughs> I mean I just don't think they're very good either to be honest
1: Yeah, they're not funny.
0: No. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They're just Uh, annoying. That Smash Mouth song was tied to Mystery Men before it was tied to Shrek, you bastards, and I will not give it up.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: And Mystery Men's kind of sci fi. We may have to do that one day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's been a long time. I saw it in the theaters.
0: It's in a futuristic city,
1: you know. It's just, you know.
0: Got superheroes in it, which are kind of sci fi, I guess. Oh, that's a bit of a can of worms to open that. (laughs) Superheroes are kind of sci-fi. There's a lot lot of things that we don't do on this show that could fall under that category. Um,
1: We gotta do Superman one day, though. He is an alien. Do we?
0: Okay. Yeah. Alright, alright. I'm sure people have heard me talk about Superman enough at this point, but... (laughs) He's
1: an alien. I suppose that's technically
0: true. (laughs) We'll have to give it some time, though. People need to... Be divorced from. That's
1: alright we we can uh hold on to the big guns.
0: hmm. Um. But yeah, so I mean, this conversation has has led to a lot of just general Pixar and animation discussion, just because we don't necessarily talk about this stuff that much. So I guess it's just natural that it you know opens the door to talking about a lot of this uh genre that otherwise we don't really. I say genre, this slightly different medium uh that we're, we're discussing so
1: um Perhaps we should
0: are you just saying we should do more animated films is that what you're saying
1: yeah well I mean, we've done a couple we've done Wally and we've done meet the robinsons
0: oh yeah i mean, i yes I, 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 I was forced into meet the Robinsons. i was tricked it's a cute movie
1: mm. um we haven't done iron giant yet we will
0: well don't worry when we can do all the transformers we'll start with the animated movie <laughs>
1: I mean, okay.
0: <laughs> it's coming, guys. It's coming one day. Uh all right. We should probably get into the, the rest of the movie then. Let's so, do it. Full spoilers for late year from this point forth you have been warned. So yeah, this movie has basically there's a giant ship with lots of people on it and buzzes in cryo sleep and whatever. Uh, and they get called down the distress call, a little bit alien, you know, oh there's a distress call, we have to go check it out. Um, and the planet is hostile, there's like vines, poison ivy style, coming up and grabbing them constantly. Uh, and they try to leave, and Buzz, and his hubris thinks he can make this insane turn with the ship to try and get away, but it goes into the mountain a little bit, they crash, and they're marooned there. And the opening, like half hour, or whatever it is in the movie, is effectively him trying to test new potential? They're not warp drives, but I'm going to call it a warp drive just for
1: yeah. Simplicity they need dilithium sake. crystal.
0: Yeah. So yeah, basically, their, their fuel source is destroyed, and there's like, okay, can we make an alternative that does the same thing based on the resources on this planet? So he keeps doing these. T- so they're, they're long enough that they're building up a little town. They've built up, uh, you know, infrastructure. They've, you know, they've got like a. You know, laser dome. We'll hear about that eventually from the guy in charge later. He's really excited about his laser dome. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: but he keeps going on these test flights, uh, and he's going. He shoots around the sun. He's trying to hit the warp speed. and He doesn't quite make it, and he's determined to keep doing it. So he keeps doing it. But the 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 you know the caveat here is that every time Buzz does this, his he loses time relative to others because, as we learned in Interstellar. Uh, <laughs> relativity and all that. Uh, every time he comes back, even though it's only been a couple of minutes for him, it's been four years. So we get this montage playing you know, of his like best friend and like you know it was uh, Alicia. Uh, she like is aging by four years every time he comes back, and eventually it gets to a point where oh she's been married, oh she's got a kid, oh that kid's graduating. I guess they have colleges here now. <laughs> like, I guess they they, they built a, a school infrastructure. um well, I'm sure she's not the only
1: one having kids, you know.
0: True, true, true. Um, yeah, so so you know th- this all sets this up, and I was like, oh man, this is going to all be on this planet, isn't it? This is this is going, this is staying here because part of me thought, mm-hmm. oh, this is just the the prologue, and then we're going to jet off and like set up a plot where Zergs like try to take over a planet or something, and Buzz is going to have to go be the hero, and it doesn't quite do that. It you know it stays here, and it, you know it's a long time because there was a point, probably a good like 40 minutes at this movie where I was starting to think. And they even going to do Zark? Surely you do his arch nemesis. Like, why wouldn't you do Zark? <laughs>
1: yeah, I had that same thought. Where I was like, wait a second. Yeah. And <laughs> Where's the evil Emperor Zerg?
0: <laughs> and eventually, some robots with a Z on their chest do shopping like, oh, okay, okay. We're we're building up to it. We're building up to it. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah. it, it it was kind of a weird choice. Uh. So eventually, though, is it, you're expecting her not to be there. At least she's not going to be there because she's de- You know, she's getting old. She's going to be dead at some point. And he comes back. She's not there and she leaves this message for him, and it's all sort of bittersweet, and uh, there's a sort of, you know, there's a, I think everyone, at least over a certain age, will see it coming where, you know, he's given this robot cat named Socks to look after him when he comes back from his first trip, because he may be depressed, (laughs) and Buzz gives him something to do. He's like, hey, try and solve this formula problem for the fuel source. Not expecting him to do it, and of course, as soon as he does it, I'm like, he's going to, like, because we're going through all these time jumps, He's going to have just mm-hmm. done this in about twenty years. Like, it's, it's going to take him a long time, but this cat's it's going a, to solve this. I think he
1: said like sixty-seven years or something.
0: <laughs> is that what it was? Okay, yeah, whatever yeah. long it was by the time he actually got there. I, I guess that makes sense because it's because the because the new main like sort of uh, the new supporting character when he eventually does his final jump is mm-hmm. uh, the granddaughter of his friend. So uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Sixty-seven years sounds about yeah. right, uh, and she's like a a rookie. And he doesn't like rookies. That's set up at the start of the movie.
1: He doesn't like
0: rookies. He doesn't like autopilots. Yeah. That was a lot to explain, you know? that, And that's only the first third of the movie, like, in terms of premise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. it's... Uh, that's the first, yeah, the first, what? I don't want to say, like, the first third of the film, but, like, it is the... It is your up scene, though. It's, uh, it's the setup. Mm-hmm. It's that Buzz is obsessed with fixing this mistake he made by saying, but he can do it. He's the only one who can do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's done well enough. It, it's, you know, eventually the cat gets it right. And the, the, the guy who's now in charge has replaced Alicia doesn't want to let him go again. Like he's shutting down the program. They're just accepting they're living here and that's okay. Um, buzz can't accept that and when he discovers the cat has figured out the formula thing like he's like okay we have to stick in and do it we have to do it anyway because like you know we're going to do this and sure enough you know he does it it's a success but when he gets back he's jumped even further in time uh to the you know the uh, the you know when it's his granddaughter oh yeah it couldn't be 67 years it took him because that doesn't happen until after they've successfully tested it
1: i mean still could have happened right
0: well, no, because we'd be way beyond his granddaughter at that point. Then
1: she's like twenty-five or something when he comes back, twenty-five years old, and she was just a uh, like uh, a toddler almost when he w- when she got the recording from Alicia.
0: But yeah, but but he's already figured out the formula before that, though, Mm-hmm. because it's, it's that's with the successful jump that he comes back from, and then he meets the granddaughter.
1: Yeah. I I swear I remember the cat saying it took him sixty-seven years. But I did see I, this like four days ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I, I, I'm I'm sure that number does pop up. I'm just not convinced it's the number of time it takes the cat to solve the thing, just because it had to happen before the granddaughter was maybe not born, but certainly like early in her life.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it, so he finds the he gets the message from uh from. Alicia and like she's just a little girl like uh wandering around on crawling around on her lap and stuff talking about Space Rangers. Mm. And then I think she says she's like twenty six or something later on. And that's the jump where he he went really far.
0: Yeah, that's the successful, you know, warp drive jump where he's he's skipped over more time than he did before. Yeah. Um and that's when the robots attack and when it turns out the robots have been attacking the city, so they're all in lockdown and uh, so, the granddaughter, uh, Izzy, played by Kiki Palmer, uh, she is, uh, like, you know, the young, bright, she's really optimistic, she wants to be a space ranger, and really wants to befriend Buzz Rio. Ray- and Buzz just keeps saying, you know, like, no, you have to get back to base, I'll have to do it. I'm a space ranger, you know, like, um, and then, for a little while, though, he thinks that she is a proper, like, space ranger, or, or the equivalent, anyway, and yeah. she introduces him to her, her team, uh, which is uh, the other two main characters of the film, which is uh, Mo played by Taika Waititi and uh, uh, Darby Steele, who's like this old lady who's really like tough and gruff and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but then finds out that they're actually like cadets and they're basically just started training.
1: Uh, they're like ROTC, cadets. Yeah, yeah, like really. <laughs> I think they've done. Uh, it's like getting Boy Scouts or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so th- that kind of sets up our little team of characters that, that sort of stick with them, along with the cat, obviously, who, who's still around.
1: Yeah. There's another robot also, but you mentioned him earlier, um, as one of the comic relief yeah. things. As is, he's introduced as part of the crew, but kind of disappears. <laughs> he, yeah, he gets <laughs> <pretty> left behind, because
0: <laughs> he, he's trying to give Buzz directions to where, like, a possible fuel source or a, a mm-hmm. ship is or something, and yeah, very quickly, they just sort of leave without him, and he never pops up again, I don't think. So...
1: Right, but I thought that yeah. scene
0: was pretty unfunny, so I was glad that it never popped up again.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was okay. I didn't hate it.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was some of that drawn-out humor, uh, maybe it's because I've seen similar jokes done enough at this point, where I just am like,
1: I think it's just also like Buzz has these expectations, like, oh, this is a robot, so it's going to have all the answers that I need, and uh, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Just another expectation of the crew. Yeah. That's disappointed.
0: What's interesting he doesn't have a blaster yet, and he obviously doesn't have the wings yet. But they do have like invisibility cloaking <laughs> on the suits. But that, yeah. that's really high tech. Like,
1: is that something from the from the movies? I can't remember it has been a while since from Toy, seen Story? The Toy Story films, yeah. I don't remember. Is there is there a moment where Buzz thinks that he's invisible?
0: Oh no, I know they're saying that I think you're right. Yeah, it obviously doesn't work, but yeah, he presses the button and yeah, says yeah. Right, I'm okay. Now. Yeah. I think I think so.
1: There, there were. I kind of wish I watched uh, the, you know, the trilogy again because it hasn't been too long since I've seen four. But he's not Buzz Lightyear in four. He's, you know, what he's uh, post Buzz Lightyear. You know, mm. um, so I kind of wish I, well, I watched at least Toy Story again before I watched this, so I can make all the connections. There were some things that I remembered, you know, like the. Who Zerg is supposed to be based on Toy Story Two and <laughs> yeah, stuff
0: w- like that. Yeah, I was going to say Toy Story One is the one you need to watch, but Toy Story Two does have the Zerg stuff in it, so maybe yeah, you need a little bit of Toy Story Two as well, just to yeah, prime you uh, for everything in this. You probably mm-hmm. don't need Toy Story Three, but I mean it's good. So just, you know.
1: unless you want Spanish for <laughs> <plus light> year
0: <laughs> sure. Oh man, this should, the Spanish dub for this should be like <laughs> should be based on whatever the Spanish was on that. Yeah,
1: um, yeah.
0: Was it Toy Story 2, yet? Or was that 3 it had the Toy Spanish? It was just, that was the Spanish one, okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, so yeah, so there's a lot going on, right? And they get the robots and you get all this stuff and it's like, man, there was a lot of setup to get to the status quo. There was a lot of setup to get us to the point where there's like robots and there's like, an evil ship in the sky where the robots are coming from and mm. Obviously, we're telling a story here where the point of the story is that Buzz is going to accept... Because basically, he's thinking that he's worthless if he's not a space ranger. uh, And that there's nothing here for him. But he's going to ultimately learn that, no, no, he's made new friends. These people matter. Uh, You know, Izzy matters. Like, this is life that that came here. And his his friend Alicia, like, didn't compromise. She, She had a good life. And he has to kind of accept these things, like... You know, he was never willing to move on and accept that this is the new thing. Um,
1: well, I think a lot of it is that he just sort of missed it. Like, we're wa- we're following from Buzz's perspective, and he's constantly trying to do this thing to help all the people that are left behind, or that he stranded, that he marooned on this planet. Um, and that's, you know, dangerous, too. So he's he's obsessed with trying to fix this. Meanwhile, he's missing decades of what's happening on the planet and they're you know having children establishing a colony they're happy you know that's why like you know uh, whatever 80 years passes by and the guy's like we're not gonna we don't need to leave we just need to make sure we're protected here this is what we're focusing on and he's played off as the villain at first but you're kind of like maybe you know maybe they're happy yeah but there's there's some analogy (laughs)
0: stuff there to like dig into you know this idea that buzz Like, the representation of him missing this time is kind of like someone who cuts himself off from everyone else when there is, like, maybe, like, a shared tragedy or a shared thing that everyone has to move on Mm -hmm. from. Uh, So the idea that he's missing time, obviously he's not doing it intentionally, per se, but ultimately, unlike everyone else, he's not— Because when you actually compare how long it takes him in the movie to finally kind of realize this and sort of accept that this is just the status quo, it's probably not that different. It might even be quicker than everyone else, you know, got to that point. And, like, the you know, the actual yeah. timeline. But because he was skipping all this time and he wasn't, you know, experiencing the time pass, uh, he, you know, he l- couldn't go over it. He couldn't let himself heal. You have to accept the tragedy or accept the truth before you can actually move and on. All
1: the, all the people who might have even been upset with him that, you know, he's the reason that they're stranded there. I mean, by the time he's done, they're all gone. Like, <laughs> it's all the people who were born there that are left yeah yeah it's all this new generation yeah um yeah. this is all they know this is home and uh I think that's I think that's I don't know it's a cool message kind of re- it, like I said it kind of reminds me of soul of just accepting like you don't have to have this great big purpose in life because then if you're constantly focused on that you might miss just enjoying the little things in life
0: yeah no yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah no I, like,
0: like that, that. that is kind of there and maybe because they've done a similar message recently is why it doesn't register as much or it feels a little bit it's so convoluted in the story of course and 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 they do the thing where there's a little bit of uh even moon perhaps in a, in a sense uh where you have eventually two buzzies sort of with different experiences kind of comparing and contrasting but uh yeah there's a lot there's a, there's a lot of moving parts to get as to this point and i i don't think it's the neatest or cleanest setup that it could have been you know it just it feels a little bit messy to get to a certain point because because you, you don't even get to start really going through the journey of the movie like you know, it feels like the prologue does last like 25 minutes before you actually start getting to grips with who these characters are to the point where some of the, the the characters like izzy for example like I, I like her well enough but it does feel she's introduced really late in the movie but given like, she's supposed to kind of be like, the person that he really bonds with over the course of the story it's kind of weird that she's not there until like 35 40 minutes into the damn thing mm-hmm. uh and maybe that's splitting hairs i don't know but it's just one of those things where i think when you're you're watching it and you're sort of experiencing the story play out um i think part of you feels that you're still in the prologue and you're still like doing the setup you are know, like, okay, when is the, kind of the, I don't want to say the real movie, because that's not, that's not fair. Like, the prologue is still a real part of the movie. It's still important in any movie. But there's definitely a feeling of, okay, when are we going to start developing the things that are actually going to go forward? As opposed to making it feel like some stuff is just kind of tacked on. And I think the twists with Zurg uh, later, because you know, the whole plan with them is that they're going to try and, like, to destroy the ship, um, to, to stop all the robots... And then Buzz is going to get his fuel source and put it in a ship and go and, like, save everyone. and Or, or put it into the big ship and go and save everyone. Whatever, whatever the exact plan is. <laughs> it's been two days now. <laughs> I'm fuzzy on the intricacies. But when they do eventually end up in the ship, and it feels like once the robots start seeing Buzz, they start to sort of target him. So there's kind of a hint, okay, Zerg cares about who this is. And they do some fun stuff. Like Zurg's always in silhouette for a while, and you see sort of the shape, and you're like... Zurg. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, the way the robots speak. Um... <laughs> So but when it's revealed what Zerg actually is, because obviously in Toy Story 2 they do the, the Star Wars joke where he's like, <laughs> I am your father. Uh, so
1: no.
0: when so when the when the Zerg suit opens and it's an old like you know, it's like an old guy who looks like Buzz, I thought, Oh, they're doing the thing, it's his father. That's yeah, this is what Toy Story Two said. Uh but then they pull the Lost in Space thing <laughs> where it's like, No no, this is old Buzz who is developed to this point. Um, and he even
1: calls him dad first. Like, dad?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he even thinks he's dad, yeah. Um, but yeah. It, the idea being here that this older Buzz never got to meet uh, Izzy and these other characters, never got to see the life that they had. This is a, a splinter Buzz that grew up kind of separate from that because he, he sort of grew from right at the start after the tragedy happened. So he's the one who's just been obsessed with fixing it and solving all the problems, but never went through the human part that this buzz has went through and you know the whole point is that you get to compare the idea of like this is a buzz who got to see the the almost literal fruit of like what the society blossomed in these new younger characters who are worth saving um although the old woman may have been around i don't know she's quite old (laughs) maybe (laughs) but the others definitely not uh whereas you know older buzz is like no we need to do this we need to reset everything And the big science fiction moment is, like, him saying, yeah, we're going to reset all this so it never happened. It'll be like we never crashed. And then Buzz has to kind of accept, but wait a minute, that means these characters that I have bonded with and interacted with, you know, Izzy is this great person, Mm -hmm. will never exist. Like, that family that my friend Alicia built and raised will never exist if I take that away by resetting time. Um, It's a cool
1: science fiction concept, too. It's been like, oh, this is a real, like, thing that we have that you know is it worth it now kind of like the you know the final countdown film where it's like do they do they interfere with because of the time travel thing and stop pearl harbor from happening or do they let things play out because you know some of them you have they all have families like maybe they shouldn't even exist you know at that point if they change history um you know what? What is the ethical decision here? Like if you if you have an opportunity to to stop something from happening and change history, but it means like, yeah, people people won't exist anymore. Yeah,
0: I'd even compare it a little bit to Avengers Endgame. You know, like Tony's mm-hmm. willing to like go back and try and you know go go back in time and try and fix everything, but not he doesn't want to erase the last five years because that would mean losing his daughter.
1: Yeah, there's a uh, a like a. A rom-com film with time travel, also that I can't quite remember. It's more of like a, like a father-son story, but like uh, it's written by the guy who did like the lo- Love Actually, or maybe directed by that guy. Uh, about time. About time, yes. Also go. has that in it. Yeah, um, it's quite good, quite a, uh, emotional. I mean, I've never seen that one, but uh, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it's a good film.
0: Yeah, so I mean, that's that's uh, an interesting concept. I mean, it's not an original concept. I mean, we've just named. Multiple things. <laughs> the, also
1: the, lost in space. Yeah.
0: and also lost in space. Yeah, that's, the, that's the Almost other.
1: exactly lost in space, actually. Yeah,
0: because lost in space. I, I
1: think it is Will Robinson who just needs to, who's obsessed with not getting lost in space. And yeah, yeah,
0: he's the old man. Yeah, the, uh, the it, encounter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Where been a while it to be
1: Ger- Jared Harris.
0: So, so I'm a bit vague in a lot of the details because I <laughs> have seen that film. Oh, but. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's been a long time, and I don't remember if Will Robinson is the reason they're stranded. I, I can't remember. But, like mm. I guess it's been so long. i I assume not okay, I
0: can't yeah. remember, but yeah, so so this is introduced, and I say, like, okay, this is kind of an intriguing idea, uh that presents him with this clear choice where he's going to have to disagree with himself, so which you know makes the message and makes the lesson that he's learning and the value that came out of everything after they get marooned you know it wasn't the end of the world it wasn't this disaster that ruined everyone's lives like they 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 formed this new society uh and things are okay um obviously the the idea at the end of the movie still ends with them being able to go back out of space the idea that okay you know to, to put it in star trek terms they've kind of reached the point where they can rejoin the federation because they've developed their their space travel again so you know yeah. the, the end of the movies they have you know him and his team launching into space and now they can yeah you know, intermingle and with whatever. And they're
1: starting from, like, year zero. They have no. technology and stuff, and this planet's just full of resources, so so long as they can pass on, you know, the education but, and...
0: But that's effectively what that. it is, though, right, is that they've reached the point again where they can start intermingling with the intergalactic community again, because now they have space travel. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like... Because you have to wonder, that like, surely there's, like, a lot of, like, people that were on that ship originally with family members, and they've now got their own, like, descendants who'll find out, oh, by the way, you've got, like, cousins... Over on this planet we discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know what they did. They, did they ever name the planet? I can't remember.
1: I don't know. Planet Vines. Planet Murder Vine.
0: <laughs> planet Zarg.
1: Zerg. <laughs> Zerg. <laughs> I like those robots. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and then, you know, obviously some big action sequences. You know, we we you know we we kind of skipped to oh, talk yeah, about yeah. all the big ideas, but there's the whole big section where they're. Well, they're getting something from like the it's like a factory or the the where they've, they've had a lot of, they dump all their old tech or vehicles or something. So it's, it's, it's I guess an old mining place or something like that. But they're yeah yeah the they're big robots constantly trying
1: to find a ship and yeah. it keeps going oh.
0: But the big robots <laughs> attacking and the whole thing's like tipping. they try yeah that's because that's where they get trapped in the security bubbles and they're trying to like catch mm. the the it's like a fuse or something for the ship. They're, they're, they're trying to.
1: Yeah, all yeah that was a neat little technology thing. Um, you know, it's seems right. very dangerous. <laughs> also, <laughs> being that there's no one there to to let them out. Did you um
0: was there, was there more to this joke about like the sandwich where they've inverted
1: the bread than the the meat? The worst idea ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I was getting uh, three seashell vibes from Demolition Man. <laughs> yeah. just like this makes sense to us. does it make sense to you. I think they just wanted to have a joke, kind of like that.
0: Yeah, but it's only it's only been like two generations since the land. Like how did this change? Like
1: what how how did this like so drastically change? Like I don't know. Like it seems like a really poor idea. It's just so sticky. Aye.
0: Well I mean Taika says that uh yeah yeah, uh, gooey hands is the best part. I'm like, no it's not that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> sounds terrible. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe the idea is is it's supposed to tend to like Buzz accepting something different? Uh, you know, it's yeah, maybe is something as, that seems yeah.
1: awkward and uncomfortable. Maybe it's all right. Yeah, kind of like rookies or autopilots.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I like uh, that. That's fine. Uh, you know, is Uh, there's there's big actions, is obviously when he starts fighting himself, like the old version of himself, and he's trying to keep the, the fuel source away from him. Uh, you know, he ends up ejecting it out of one of the, the ships, and that's what gives him his wings. Uh, the—he ends up with, a bl- like, just, like, a makeshift blaster on his arm that he sort of taped onto his arm. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, when they've, like, redesigned the suits, they've actually built it in, and it's got the red light, like, you, you've you mm-hmm. seen in the toy kind of thing. Um, I did kind of like that they all had different color suits. Like, it was the Buzz Lightyear suit, but, like, you know, like, one was kind of gray-blue, one was, like, orange. So it just made them all mm-hmm. feel a bit different. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Some design choices that were kind of neat.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. I like that at the end where he's trying to like, uh, he's trying to make them so like everybody's falling towards the planet, and in mm. order for make it the, for the landing to be okay, he has to glide, to kind of like the end of Toy Story. <laughs> we're not falling. We're we're uh, what is it? Or we're not? I can't remember. If we're not we're fall- falling with style. We're not flying. We're falling in style. Yeah, that's it. Because <laughs> you got the gliding going on. I thought it was kind of a cute callback.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, like uh, you know, all the action towards the end is is solid. You know, the, the team are running around on the ship and does antics and blasting. Mm-hmm. Honestly, a lot of it is merged together in my head, so I can't really point out any specific moments, which may, you know, is maybe something you can say is like, it's not that memorable, <laughs> but...
1: Do you think the... Um... You know, obviously he hates rookies and stuff, but Mm -hmm. did you think all the characters kind of had something about himself that he hated, but like times a hundred? Because Taika Waititi, like his thing is that he's clumsy and he always accidentally starts like a chain reaction of Mm. bad things because of something he did, which kind of is like what the reason like Buzz is obsessed with trying to fix his one mistake. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like Izzy is just not as confident as she appears to me like she's actually not as good as at the job that that she thinks he is or or he thinks she is or or something and uh maybe um uh the the woman i can't remember her name at the moment uh, darby um maybe she's just like the part of him that rebels against um authority you know because she's kind of a criminal that's her thing is that she's been you know basically locked up and she does this space command stuff as like a community service almost (laughs) i don't know i thought maybe that was an interesting thought Oh, I agree. <laughs>
0: don't, yeah. I don't have anything <laughs> to add to it, but I agree. It's definitely there. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, that's why Buzz is so like resistant to them. He calls uh, them, "Oh, it's just because they're rookies and stuff, and they're in my way." But really, it's just kind of extension of parts of himself he doesn't uh, like. I mean, the whole the whole
0: reveal with the villains is, is that the idea is the whole the whole thing's about self reflection. So the mm-hmm. idea that all these characters that he teams up with all represent a different part of him, yeah, it makes complete sense.
1: Yeah. I also like, you know, we haven't talked about Socks enough. I also like that Socks is just a robot. Like, you know, he's, uh, sure, he's a cat and he's, he's designed to have a certain thing, but he's still a robot and he's got personality and he's able to do like these complex things. And, um, you know, he's a Swiss Army knife also. He has whatever you need. And every time it's hilarious when he, pops out like a blowtorch or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, they uses his eyes as lights uh, mm-hmm. a number of times. That's kind of his, the, the thing he uses the most often, to be
1: honest. But yeah, uh, I, but I I like that, yeah, you want me to solve this complicated thing, give me enough time, I'm a robot. I can do it. I've got yeah. a supercomputer built in me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, And, yeah, so, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, I'm sorry to say that I'm, I'm struggling to find much more to really say about it to be honest i mean there's a couple of other key sequences that you know there's the whole bit where they're all invisible and they try to sneak past the big spider things that are like in the uh the old ship depot or whatever it is and the the shield run out before they can mm-hmm. get to the exit so they have to run back and because they're because they're going to separate from buzz buzz is saying no you go that way i'm going towards the ship to go save the day uh mm-hmm. but they get lumped with them anyway because of this and it's kind of his mistake because he doesn't tell them there's a time limit on it he just kind of is like, yeah, press this button, you'll be invisible. It's like, oh, wait a minute, only last 90 settings. Shit, I should have probably mentioned that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just another thing where Buzz is just not able to play as part of the team. Like, he's just taking on all the responsibility on himself.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not so much that he's uh, so egotistical, well, maybe as egotistical, but he's. I think in this case, it's more this, that, yeah, he puts all the burden on himself. He, he puts too much weight on his own shoulders and it's like, I should be strong enough to carry all this weight on my own. But the whole point is that, no, you're not on your own. And, you know, maybe that's Mm -hmm. the true heart of the film is that, you know, like, you have to share the burden with other people. uh, Otherwise, you're just, well, you're... It's a one-way ticket to to therapy, is is, is basically basically what I'm
1: saying. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: Which is a nice... Again, is a nice enough idea. It it really is. I don't know if the messages of this film, though... uh, I, I think maybe it's too conflicted between being that cerebral sci-fi with these ideas or being the heartwarming Disney Pixar movie with these ideas. And because it's kind of a mashup of both of those things, it they kind of feel like they're they're pushing and pulling a little bit. So it's not it's not amazing at either one. It's just okay at both.
1: I mean, I I'd agree that it's not as it's not like obviously it's not up there with that with the higher Pixar's. kinda of already talked about that. But I do think this movie's really clever and I think it looks really good. And I think the uh I like the characters and you know the more that i talk about it the more i like it i think so i i definitely don't see why why people dislike this movie so much unless they were just had really high expectations for some sort of um, like star wars like you said yeah or they're
0: just mad because alicia's gay and has a wife
1: and there is a same-sex kiss in this which is definitely not 1995 but it should have been so that's okay (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah, whatever, yeah, Sally <laughs> wasn't yeah. was going to complain about that. Uh, yeah. and What's so so funny about it is that we, you know, we talked about the whole movie and didn't even mention that because it is relatively a minor thing in in the story. Oh, totally. It's, it's yeah, just not a big, deal a big deal at all. But of course, it's a big deal to people for all the wrong reasons, so. Uh, and yeah. of course that certain audience is also a big deal for all the right reasons as well I suppose when you think of it that way you know I mean it is Pride Month after all <laughs> like, that's right yeah you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's many people who saw that and felt uh, you know comforted or listened to or you know whatever uh, someone feels
1: is that the first time this has been in a Pixar movie I know there was like I an implied so. gay character in Beauty and the Beast and that's why it was like banned in China because two men danced together at the end of the movie for like three seconds <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i guess this is the first time we see a, a same-sex kiss in an animated film and the, actually the movie luca is very um <laughs> it's got yeah it's, it's got a lot of subtext oh, you sure. know. Okay. <laughs> we'll say that.
0: i don't know we were going with that i haven't seen it yet but uh <laughs> you haven't seen it yet
1: yeah but yeah. um i think that's something that uh people also kind of felt seen watching
0: yeah uh it's funny though, because it never even registered me when it happened. Like to be honest, like when I, when I saw someone mention it as the first gay kiss in a Pixar movie, I was kind of like, "Oh, I guess I
1: did. And, yeah, I never, it did." But never... it doesn't seem like it should be a big deal anymore. And no. uh, you know, I I don't think I even would have rec- <laughs> like recognized it until like it's Buzz Lightyear when she says, "Oh, I'm seeing someone or I'm married," I can't quite remember, and he says, "Oh, who is she?" I'm like, "Oh, she's gay." It's like the only time it registered. Even the kiss thing, like, didn't register to me at all.
0: Yeah, he already (laughs) knows. He he doesn't react to it in any way. It's it's, it's one of those things where obviously this this is coming from... You know, we're not part of the LGBT community, right? So obviously, us not noticing doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. Obviously, people who care about it are going to notice more than we do. I think the point I'm trying to make by saying that we barely noticed that is because... It feels like it should already be a normal thing. It feels like it should already be something that's like, not even thought about or whatever. But it's this political thing now that, like, oh, well, it's just the first time it's happened. But it's such a, you know, like, like it's like...
1: Oh, no, Pixar's gone woke. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb.
0: Oh, uh, dear. I, like, You know, my patience for, for that type of discourse right now is at an all-time low because oh, yeah. <laughs> I so you're familiar with the boys right the tv show
1: uh-huh. right i haven't a, watched it there's an audience. the
0: pilot yeah there's an audience right now season three is currently like in the process of coming out right it's about halfway through the season and there's an audience right now because they're being like overt with something to do with the character of homelander who's like the evil superman who's this awful character he always has been he's kind of like it's a very satirical show with a lot of social commentary it's very good at doing that as well may i add um mm-hmm. But there's, a, there's a certain portion of audience that think that the boys is going and I hate this word, quote-unquote, walk, because it's it's getting political and the way that Homelander in the show is now appearing to white males, right? They're sort of making a point being that a certain type of person, character in the show is now being attracted to this guy and what he represents. And it's absurd because the boys because they're saying, oh, it's getting political now. The boys has been extremely political since the very first episode. It is insane that you couldn't see this. And like I, to the point where some people are even saying, oh, Homelander was a cool guy before, now they're, they're painting him as
1: this villain. No, he was an evil <laughs> psychopath the entire time. <laughs> I only watched the pilot, and I picked up on that. Like, oh, yeah. this is not Superman.
0: No, he is awful. He is
1: self-centered. I thought, I thought it was going towards an orgy. not
0: <laughs> he—he's a narcissist. He's got a, you know—he like—he's so insecure. Like, he is everything. You know, like, uh, there's there's a, there's a yeah. whole like thing you could talk about. Like, so so I'm seeing that with that. It, you know, it comes back every so often with Star Trek or X Men. It's like, oh, why is this political now? I was like. I'm sorry, Star Trek and the X Men were always political <laughs> from the day they were created. It was kinda of their point.
1: You were just young and stupid.
0: Oh dear.
1: Now you're older and stupid.
0: <laughs> uh so yeah, so so it shouldn't be a big deal, but it is. I'm glad yeah. it's there. But you know, it's a whole mess of feelings. Anyway, the the point the point is is if you're mad that there's a gay couple in this Disney movie or a Pixar movie, then I dunno.
1: Well, I think it, it's just, yeah, it's, you know, advertised as the first or whatever on, on whatever platforms, but like we've had so many firsts now in all sorts of shows and movies and franchises and it, it, I don't know, it kind of loses its luster. It doesn't seem exciting. It just kind of seems normal now. How many firsts do we get here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? You're coming off there, but it's probably a good thing because I was about to tell people uh, to what go... <laughs> I was about to say something really mean Huh?
1: You're going to mean to say something mean?
0: Yeah, because oh. I, I said if, if if you don't like that this is here, I was I was I was going to say that then oh. you can go and <laughs> So you you probably cut me off at a really good point just before I said something controversial <laughs> myself. Yeah, uh, I did that on purpose. I, yeah, I had to believe you for a second, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I yeah. So I mean, obviously that is it's notable and uh, that's a good thing it, it doesn't necessarily you know it's not indicative of uh, the writing quality or anything else that's going on in the movie but it's there and it's something that should be kind of pointed out and acknowledged uh, mm-hmm. and even celebrated even uh, so yeah cool
1: I mean I was kind of saying like it just feels like it doesn't feel special anymore because we've had so many yeah, first, yeah but maybe I'm not the person to say that
0: yeah, yeah. I, I mean I guess it's Obviously, it's the first in Pixar, but I think in in movie and TV in general, I feel like, yeah, there's tons of good characters now. I feel like I see a lot of them. Yeah, just
1: normal. Just like real life, you know.
0: Which is cool. But, you know, it it doesn't necessarily feel special on its own. But I I guess we're not the ones who are necessarily keeping track of who's not doing it. And that's kind of the point is that Pixar up until now we're not doing it and that yeah and, and there's a certain point where you feel like are they going out of their way not to do it and it's not actually a pixar maybe the disney overlords that are saying no don't I do wonder, this but. yeah
1: i wonder also if disney is like because weren't they was disney world was in some heat in florida because of the don't say gay thing and disney like, oh, yeah, didn't yeah. speak up at first i mean this movie was ready before then and stuff but maybe it's just a little bit of a see we're okay <laughs> Well, it was the same thing in the the
0: MCU. Is that you know the first gay character was like that t- you know that tiny extra played by a director in like the start of Endgame, where there's just a casual mention of, of like his his oh, boyfriend. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was one like of the Russos. And it, it, it was a little bit like wait, like you, you you're trying that's to get it? praise for for this character who's in one scene. I don't that know. Had, it was I a think bit.
1: Feige has said that there is a gay superhero when we've already met them, but we don't know exactly. They haven't well, like come out yet or something. Well, Loki came out as bi. And TV that's,
0: show. True. Yeah, that's true so, yeah so does that but um but you know, it's like it's like it was the same it was the same thing though with like a, having like a, a a woman as a lead in a marvel movie like there's been two now but it took a long time before we got captain marvel like there was yeah you know there was like like 17 18 movies before there was a a woman-led superhero movie from marvel so yeah uh which is like it doesn't. No, nothing has to be fifty-fifty per se. It's not about keeping track of numbers, but like that is an obscene ratio. Sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and you know, obviously, that stuff's all important to talk about. But I think in this case specifically, it's also a bit more interesting in the film itself, which is fine. It's a fine movie, but it's not that. It's not that interesting or exciting.
1: I think it's interesting and exciting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. I'm happy for you, Tom. Ta- I am, but I, I think you know. I think it exists. I think it is of a serviceable quality because it's Pixar and they know what they're doing. Mm. But there's nothing special about it by any means.
1: Uh, it definitely doesn't feel like it's part of that Toy Story world. That's all. It mm. does feel like its own thing. With the yes. familiar name. Yeah. Given and Zark how has legs in this, which is weird. Given how it's performing,
0: I guess there's probably not going to be like a sequel to it. Even though they may have been hoping that this could be like a oh, there could be a trilogy of like Buzz Lightyear films or something uh, like
1: that. It feels pretty standalone to me. I guess it could set up like oh, we have our space our space rangers now because now. Also, Buzz is like put in charge of like training this yeah. the new Space Ranger well, units, and well, you he know picks what? his team, and it's the the ragtag group of characters we like.
0: I mean, when I say they, I really mean Disney. Like, I mean the money people. Like, I I think if this was like breaking records or if it was doing really well financially, there'd be a second one. There just would be. Yeah. Like you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how standalone Pixar made it in the first place. There was a found <laughs> we'll a way. We'll
1: get the Woody's Roundup movie also. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, could, yeah, I could do everything. There could be, like, a Bo Peep movie. There could be... <laughs> that
1: was Toy Story 4.
0: <laughs> that was pretty Bo Peep-centric, yeah, that's true. Uh, so,
1: yeah. I don't know. Rex, we get the Rex movie. Isn't that just, like, toy Jurassic Park? <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was bugging me, actually, when I was watching Toy Story 4, I was like, oh, damn, what's that guy's voice? Like, I know that actor. And I looked at him, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I know his face. Like, I could never have told you his name. But I'm like, yeah, like, I knew that guy's voice. Oh, um. He's got a real distinct voice.
1: Of Rex? Yeah, Rex. The,
0: the, the, the small, bald guy. Inconceivable?
1: What? The inconceivable. You've never seen Princess Bride?
0: I have, but it's been a long of... Yeah, he's in Princess Bride, yeah, he's in that. Wallace Shah, that's it. I've only I've only seen seen that movie once though. It's been a long time, so I haven't taken my, it in. My
1: sister and my father were like years ago. were at Costco, um, where we live in in South Southern California, and uh, they were looking at all the TVs and they were playing the Princess Bride on them, and they were just like hanging out there, wasting time. And the guy next to him goes, "Hey, I'm on TV," and it was Wallace Shah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's just pretty funny, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was just, just looking down his credit. Apparently, I've got seven episodes of Deep Space Nine with him in it to look forward to. He
1: is the Grand Negus. They are not uh, the the most popular episodes, but I like them because Frankie episodes, you uh, love more okay. than hate them. Okay. And ah, I love Star Trek. you so know what? I, I think what I other, otherwise knew him from was probably the Clueless TV
0: show because <laughs> he's in <laughs>
1: Oh, I never knew that they made a TV show for
0: *Clueless*. Uh, oh yeah, I saw a TV show long before I ever even knew there was a movie. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I think the supporting cast from the movie like are in it, but the you know it was a different lead. I
1: got my own socks here.
0: Yeah. Trying as, to sabotage. As do I. I got *Firefly* running the Um. All right. I mean, I th- I think we're pretty much done talking about *Late Year*. I think so too. Yeah. Eh, it's, you know, it exists. It's fine. You know, it's, it's not offensive, unless you're mm-hmm. a homophobe. In which case, I, I guess it is. But for everyone else, yeah. it's not offensive. <laughs> um, Tara, what are you rate in Lightyear?
1: Yeah, I think Lightyear is pretty good. I think it's worth watching. I think it's a fun science fiction adventure film with a with a nice message. Actually, and I enjoyed the the voice work, and I enjoyed the movie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I think it's pretty good. Check it out.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, I don't... I think I'm gonna go a point line. I'm gonna say 6.5. I'm tempted to go 7, but I, th- I think it just feels a little bit... Just... There's something just missing to even just call it rate good, which I would say a 7 out of 10 is. I would say it's just a little south of that, so I'll say
1: 6.5. Alright, fine, be like everyone else.
0: I'm not being like everyone
1: else. People
0: <laughs> people are giving it like, fives on IMDb. Or even less, even. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah,
1: but those people hate the gays. <laughs> and you don't.
0: It's Sure. It was better than Jurassic World Dominion.
1: I'll with that. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, you know, so there's, there's that.
0: But hey, it's alright. Because I got the Avatar trailer when I went to see this. And yeah, it's beautiful, right? Uh, uh, Avatar... So just look forward. We we'll do Avatar one before Avatar two comes out, and we are both Avatar defenders. So,
1: have you? Do you know what Screen X is?
0: Screen X.
1: Yeah, I've not seen a movie in this in a Screen X screen before, but it's like it's got three panels, so you're like totally immersed in the ah. film, and only certain films like you can watch that way, I guess. And uh, apparently. Um, Maverick you can see that way and it's been very popular and like the seats move and stuff when you watch it.
0: Uh D Box um, stale seats.
1: It's like D Box, yeah. So I I have seen a D Box theater be- or screen before. I can't remember, uh one of the Pirates movies I saw. And uh it's okay. But I kinda wanna see the Avatar trailer like that. Maybe I'll see Avatar that way if I can. Yeah, but at least I, the trailer. <laughs> I never
0: saw a movie in D box, but they had like a little test. You could sort of tra- watch a trailer with D box, and there like the foyer. They had like a, you know like a couple of chairs set up to sort of mm-hmm. test it because it, cause, you know it costs like like it was like four or five pounds extra for a ticket to get to the D box show or something. So mm-hmm. you had to like really want to do it. So it was like a it was a fun gimmicky thing for a trailer. I, I don't know if I'd want to sit and watch a whole movie. You know,
1: I mean, you kind of get used to it. Uh, I saw the. The Pirates movie that was like after the trilogy with mermaids in it. The I saw fourth, that one. The fourth
0: one or something.
1: Something like that. The <laughs> <Some laughs> Mermaids Curse, uh, uh, whatever. man's Chest Ch- Ch- is that the third one? I don't know. I think so. I think that's the third one. And um, franchise. I saw. I know I saw a horror film, but I can't remember which one in D box. It's when I worked at the theater and like we had one theater that had the first two rows were just D box and the rest of that was just the normal, normal seats. And the horror one was weird because you kept like getting tossed just a little bit backward at like a slow rate. And then well, like thrust you forward during a jump scare or like thrust you back during a jump scare. It was weird. Mm. I can't say that I enjoyed it. Like it enhanced the picture very much. It was fine for the adventure film, you know? You're, like, moving around. I imagine for Maverick, it's actually pretty cool.
0: All the play stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can... Get to, get to hold your breath during those Gs. You gotta watch Maverick, man. It's really good. I saw it twice.
0: <laughs> I'll see you when it's at home. I'm not rushing out. Uh,
1: you disappoint Tom Cruise.
0: <laughs> Tom Cruise can cry into $100 bills if he wants. <laughs> Yeah,
1: he earns his money. <laughs> right. He earns his wealth.
0: <laughs> just stop just sticking up. He's a monster. Yeah, stop sticking <laughs> up with the crazy Scientologist. Stop it. No need for this. But yes. Uh, so yeah, 6.5 for me. 7.5 for me. Which is to say, it's not a bad movie. It's just, it's, you know, it's just nothing special either. So, yeah. Uh, keep your expectations in check and you'll probably have an okay time with it. But mm-hmm. that's about. So, there you go. That is Lightyear. That's let's, right. Let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments or whatever. Or on Twitter, at midnight.
1: I will take this time <laughs> to thank our Patreon producers. power's <laughs> <laughs> going such a weird smile, right? There. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm trying to balance this glass of water that my cat has decided to drink uh, from. Okay, okay. <sighs> okay, Gus. You're ruining the show.
0: Yeah, Gus. We done. Alright, thank you to our patron producers, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Board Now, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Trisman, and Allison M. dice. I'm getting distracted by Tara holding up cats. Uh, of course, you could be a patron uh, at a low tier and get other things, can't it, Tara?
1: That's right, Peter. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash t v where if you donate as little well as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus reviews including your favorite B-movie sci-fi films like The Giver, Freejack, uh, the Tremor sequels. We did the first one on this regular channel, but you can get all the sequels with the exception of the latest one, because we haven't done that yet. And, uh, The Transfer Saga, that was fun. All sorts of films. Plus you get some horror movies not reviewed by myself, but by somebody else. And, um, yeah. If they interest you, head over and check that out. And if you donate $5 per month, you'll get access to these reviews early by a day, and some other stuff you get early, and you devote on what we watch once a month. So please check that out. Be part of our community. It's great.
0: Yeah, there's also a MailFuzz Reddit now, a subreddit, if you want to go and join
1: that. Oh, who talked you into that?
0: I even set it up. David set it up. I, I I just, he's like, hey, I made a subreddit. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so Cool. So that exists. Um, also, I feel like you. I feel like you almost wanted to s- throw a dig at a certain uh, streams after midnight co-host. There, I know. You,
1: I know you want you this back, to happen. But you you held want back. this this beef to happen, and you've been. I don't want this stoking be- this. You've been stoking this fire. I've. I listened to the reviews, man. I know. And I, Tim is all into it, and I'm not ready. I, I'm not ready for that. Tim started it. I'm just. I'm just trying to get you to fire back a little bit. That's. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't watch these, so... Or I don't think he does, anyway. Why would he?
0: I'll take it Oh, to- I think he said he wanted to go listen to the Jurassic World episode because he hated that movie to all
1: well, I, I didn't hate it. I mean, I didn't like it either, but... I didn't I didn't give it overall negative reviews, so I'm sure... Yeah. Anyway. Yes. If he wants to start beef, so be it. But it's not going to be because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I have done nothing. Mm-hmm. I know
0: nothing. Alright, go on, ask me the question you always what to ask me at the end.
1: I saw you opening up windows over there. <laughs> 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 What's coming up next, Peter?
0: <laughs> well, we got the vote winner to do for the month and speaking of Tom Cruise, it was a Tom Cruise movie that won the vote. Ooh. So we will be doing Oblivion from 20... 20- yep.
1: From the director 13? of Top Gun Maverick.
0: Oh, is it? Oh, there you go. That's, uh... Yeah, sure. it? That's it. That's a bit of synchronicity for you.
1: Yep.
0: Or synergy, as the people actually say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> huh. no? okay. Yeah. Uh, synergy, synchronicity. I think it works.
0: I'll live with it. Alright, there you go. That, that is just coming next week. We're doing Oblivion, uh and we'll see if the future that looks like it's designed by apple uh if what how the movie is i saw it in theaters when it came out i haven't seen it since uh i think what i'm excited for though because m83 did the score and i really like m83
1: i've seen this movie before i don't remember disliking it i remember a lot of people saying it wasn't good and then i watched it i'm like why do people say it wasn't good
0: but well next week we'll find out shall we so join us for that <laughs> uh, and of course uh, yes uh, I feel there's something else I wanted to promote I forgot what it is now that no, doesn't matter I'm sure if it's important I'll remember it, on it next week uh, that has been the Atomic Storm Experiment the Science Fiction Movie Podcast thank you for joining us keep watching sci-fi and computer at salsa